Welcome to Ming Presents the Reup, a conversation with the artistic mind. Oh, oh. wait, wait. I realized I set the camera up so that I have my whole self, and I forgot about you for a second. <laughs> <laughs> well, I told people you weren't going to be wearing pants, so now I'm a little bit disappointed that they actually well, filmed wearing what? That you're not going to wear pants. I, I, I'm not wearing pants. I saw the pants, Bill. You're lying now. Oh, don't start off. Don't start this off like this. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great way to start this off. You know, there's a lot of funny thing about um, no pants is that when I was younger, I did not. I like to have my junk and all my stuff out for everybody to see all the time. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know what that is about exposing yourself. Yeah, it's, feeling, feeling, feeling uh, one with nature. Maybe I don't know. Butthole hunting. <laughs> I used to love going to nude beaches. I really, I, was, I, loved, I used to love butthole tanning. I was going to say that's quite new. I didn't. I, if you if you develop the whole butthole tanning thing a few years back, I'd be really impressed. I think that's kind of kind of new. <laughs> Have you seen that stuff where they're just like the butthole like tanning, just like full on tanning? If you want to get into that conversation, I have a buddy who what his what he does is he he gives you a better looking asshole. Oh, he wow. literally is a cosmetic surgeon for assholes. Like bleaching so, and like and all of tightening? that. Like if it doesn't look the right way, it doesn't look the right way to you. You go in and you have you yeah, need to go see yeah, Evan. I need to get rid of. <laughs> what, what what could be wrong with it? Why are you looking at it so much to realize what's wrong with it? <laughs> I mean, I think it's probably the same thing. Like when women get their boobs done, gay men get their assholes done. Yeah, I guess whatever makes you feel comfortable. Yeah, I'm not going to judge anyone at all for if it's sorting out there. I, I personally have never looked at an asshole and said to myself. There's something wrong. I mean, but, uh, but also, oh, I have. No kidding. <laughs> but also, also, when I, if I think, if I someone came to me, a friend was like, you know what? I have my butthole looked into and like, you know, whole like uh, shebang, like what? I'd be like, if you look, take care of that part of your body so much, what are you doing to the rest of it? I'm, please tell me what, what's going on. <laughs> That's truth. I mean, look, if, if there's something wrong, I will say this. If there's something wrong with your butthole, <laughs> your life is not good. Because the things yeah. that I subscribe to, you know, you got to eat, sleep, fuck, and shit. If, <laughs> if any of those things are off kilter, you never feel good, yeah. right? So if you Not shit, lots of other parts, maybe, working parts, but yeah, 100%. 100%. <laughs> uh, we're off to a good start. I think we figured friend. everything out. We figured it all out. It's all to do with life butthole. is better all of a sudden. Uh. Wow. Yeah. So oh, you where, tell, tell me about where you are. Um, you're in a new place, which is kind of exciting. I saw you setting up over the last couple of weeks. And, and I got to admit, I was kind of I wanted to make fun of you a little bit because, you know, you, you got a late start. You know, how like, when I quarantined, like I was like, oh, look, he's putting his studio together. But then I knew Amazon was super slow or wherever you're getting your gear from. It was painful, right? Yeah, like, dude. There were so many parts that I needed that so many other people needed because it was to do with streaming. So I just kept on getting delays on these orders. And, I, and like, I would cancel one and be like, oh, do you know what? Like, I'll get it from this place. These guys are saying 40 hours. And then, and then I'd cancel that. And then they'd be like, oh, no, we can deliver this this time. Okay, fine. Well, then do it, please. And then, like, <laughs> it was just a whole rigmarole. But, I mean, for me, these were essential. I, I can't live without this. And I've yeah, kind yeah. of almost lived without all this stuff for two years now. And honestly, it's not done me any good at all. And so everything that I saw, I'd not said much. I'm terrible with my, you know, my, my 
um, Australia, New Zealand tour was very successful, and, and and I basically used that and whatever I had left to just put into this this room um, and my stream room in my garage, which I'm happy to walk you down if you want to check it yeah, out. So we'll, let's, let's, as long as we don't lose the internet, you can go there another later. But I yeah, it'll be plenty because. I, that's another thing I made sure I got is is fast Wi-Fi, so I don't have to mess around with things like I that. I did the same. When, so I'm not at my studio. I'm not at my city place. I'm at. I have a, a beach home, and we and I moved my whole studio into this little. You have a beach home in New kind of, York. In you don't you don't know about the beaches in New York, do you? Yeah, I, I'm. I wasn't happy. You know, I couldn't really spend enough time there. I, I played there maybe five times, and every time I did it, it was just kind of like an in and out. I spent well. That's, most I think that's the touring. Yeah, touring, you're always yeah. in and out. You never get... So if you ever get to spend some time in New York, I will take you... In the summer, you can come out to my beach place and then the oceans yes. here, unbelievable... I mean, unbelievable. We can tie our buttholes. What? Oh, yeah. We can oh, tie yeah. our buttholes, though. I'm gonna, I'll take you up on that. But I don't we'll, want to we'll get a back to back. We'll go back to back. If, unless you want to check them out. We can literally do it like facing each other. I'd be like, yeah, how's my look, bro? Let's live stream it. Yeah, I'm down. 100%. <laughs> to be continued. <laughs> continued. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the um, so I took my whole studio and brought it out here. Luckily, I pared it down and made it a lot more. I got rid of a bunch of analog gear and all that stuff, and I just made it nice. as a UAD system, so I just brought it all out. But what I found with ordering gear and stuff is that I would put something in to, that I needed. It would say, like, it'll be here anytime between May and August 1st. And I'd be like, but then a week later, it would be like, it's coming tomorrow. Yeah. So I started getting yeah. used to that kind of thing, and I just mm -hmm. like didn't give up on my whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. 100%. Sorry, I also missed, you mentioned where am I? I'm in Leeds in the UK, by the way. This is my, um, this is my hometown. I, I grew up here. I was born in East London, sort of East London, a place called Gravesend in Kent. Um, Kent. Yeah, it's East of London. I say East London to people sometimes because it's just easier than saying Kent because... People up from the UK don't might not know where that is. Yeah, but I um, think that's an interesting thing about the UK, and 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 I've spent some time in the UK, and um, I have friends that are that are English and you know British, whatever, and from different places. So I always kind of want to know where everyone's from because everyone thinks yeah. oh, London, you know. But even like Camden and you know, where, like, it's all always a fun parts. shot. I love that because with I guess what we do, we're, we're privileged enough to to see a lot of these places too. Yeah, so yeah, when yeah. someone says it, I love just being going, yes, I've been there, and yes, I know this. <laughs> And it's and an arcade, and I'm never fucking if, going back. Yeah. <laughs> but, and then sometimes as well, because I like mess with accents all the time. And like sometimes I'll like, depending on where they're from, I'll be like, oh, oh sometimes a thing I do with my girlfriend is like whenever we approach, so someone approaches us or we approach them or whatever, I will guess where they're from before we ask them. And I'll, do, and I'll literally just, I'll nudge her and go, here. And, and she'll, and she, <laughs> she just kind of is like quiet about it and just waits for me to go, oh, um, Where's your accent from, by the way? And they'll say it, and I'll just go. Ah, Did you? Yes. Do you? Can you hear all the regional accents in in the UK? Can you hear? Like, I mean, yeah, hundred percent. I mean, 100%. I can hear. I can hear the. I can hear the. Uh, I can hear the difference between California, New York, Boston. Uh, I can hear the difference between Florida. Oh yeah, I mean, but that's, but America is easy. Boston. That's it. You guy. like talk like that to me, huh? What are you talking about, <laughs> Billy? Huh? Billy. Come over here! What are you doing <laughs> over in New York, right now? Come on, come over to England. Uh, it's true That's though. Real fun, huh? Yeah, but in England, in, I can only tell like the classes. I can't tell the region regions. I can <laughs> tell like classes. if you grew up, like how you grew up. Oh, do like, you mean? Were... Do you mean the classes like as in? 
The yes, difference yes. between a real spoken British person that's quite like the Queen or Boris Johnson, the way that you're supposed to speak in England, <laughs> apparently. And the difference is, up north, we talk like this. North. Northern, mate. You don't mess around up here at all. <laughs> that's the difference. It, it, it starts to get a little Irish and Scottish. Is that Irish? You speak like that, eh? <laughs> I'm not. Uh, my Irish isn't isn't too good. So you 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 have no. a you can have another life as a as a as a character actor. I can have a another life as a character actor if this they, DJing thing doesn't dude, work out. My, for you. Honestly, my second dream. I say this all the time. My second dream job. I have my dream job. It'd be nice if I could if I could go do the job properly and be out there. But my <laughs> do other, the fucking my job, Billy. Really. Do the fucking job. <laughs> is to do voiceovers, man. I have zero experience, but I just I can just hear something and and and, and repeat it quite well. well. You know, that's funny because I recently got into doing voiceover work for I manage voiceover work for a couple of ad agencies because you know I do I'm a full time music producer, but um, because I have a musical ear, I can guide voiceover talent very well for the inflection and for the timing and for everything like that. So right. when I work, I work on ad campaigns and oftentimes, you know, I'm doing the music and they're like, Hey, can you help us with a VO? So I started sourcing VO for people wow. because I can like get them to do the right timing and all that stuff. Yeah. And I realized yeah. that the best guys are also musicians. Some of them are DJs. Some of them are like, I think it's the whole ear thing, you know, hearing something and being able to do the same thing. Yeah. It's, it's a musical era. Yes. Maybe part of that. I don't know. But Speaking of, and, and because I know your aunt, which is random, yeah, <laughs> right. So yeah. For, for 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 people who don't know, Billy has an aunt, which I can't imagine you, she's your aunt. Her name is yeah. Rihanna Kenny, and I've yeah. done music with Rihanna Kenny. She used to be a back, backup singer for Roshan Murphy, and she's now Roshan's manager, which is totally He's crazy. Done to me a lot. My auntie has done a lot, a lot of things. I don't, Kenny, I just can't. She looks like your sister. Yeah. <laughs> So she's she's my mum's sister. I know, but she she could be your sister. Yeah, yeah. Um, her hair's brilliant too. My my uncle's the same, dude. Like you know, my uncle taught with my auntie's role with with um, Faithless. My uncle was um had a you know a major deal with Sony for years. Um, you know, he's written a few albums. I've done really well some of them, and and I think uh, I don't know. It's sort of I kind of grew up around studios and stuff. Really, I was going to say because well, there's two two really identifying. I wanted to know where the musicality came from because Rihanna's brilliant. Although she's on the yep. management side, she was so super my Rihanna, funny is with Rihanna. Rihanna is the American Rihanna. I know. Sorry. Yeah. Say, say yeah. No, no. I'm just say, I'm just clearing up. <laughs> say it again. She'd want me to say it. Uh, Rihanna. I just Rihanna, I call, is, Rihanna, I, Rihanna I is the American one. I know Rihanna. Yeah, I, I call her Nitnit, so I'm just trying a to clean it up. Place. I, yeah, I call her Nitnit. That's my nickname for her. Nitnit. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> she she, okay. so, she taught me the word nits. She's like, I got nits, and I was like, What are you talking about? And then that. You don't say now. that. What do you say? Lice, bugs in your head. Lice. Oh, lice. Okay, head lice. Yeah, nits. Oh, okay, yeah, of course. She's got all the best slang. Yeah, yeah. Well, because she's northern, and we have the we do have really really funny slang up here. But also because she's traveled the world, kind of thing, and you know, she's, yeah, 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 yeah. But so your musicality, like, so t talk a little bit about your background, like your family, your musicality, where you think that comes from. Because I was really the only reason why I knew that you were related to her because, was because of the face and the hair. We started like online. We met each other online. I'm like this guy. This this guy has to be related to. Re and then I I reached out to her and I was like, I cannot believe these two people are related. Yeah. And you're both in the music industry, and it's so, crazy. A long time ago. 
and it's actually probably good. That, it might be good to touch base on this. A long, long time ago, um, my great grandmother, who's still alive today, um, she um, he switches was well into some bands and things like that, live bands and whatnot. And anyway, I don't know if you've heard of a, a guy called Edmundo Ross, mm? Cuban. My great grandfather played the bongos for him. And he was touring here, and I believe that my great grandmother and him had a you know a, a love thing that that happened, um, and uh, they had my grandmother. <clears throat> now um, he wasn't around soon after, so um, but uh, anyway, um, you can imagine as well my um, great grandmother growing up with she she was uh, Irish. My great grandmother, um, you know, she's got um, a mixed race child, and back then this was like. What kind of thing? Right. It was unheard of almost. And or, or sort of, you know, people would genuinely like look at her in, in shame, sort of thing. It was awful time, still today. Um, but um, my uh, my grandmother then had my mother, my uncle, who I mentioned, Lee. He goes under LSK. Uh, my auntie Rihanna and my auntie Faye, who's also a great singer too. And she, she's delved off and done her own business now. And um, uh, so you were talking about the, I guess, the, how I got into music. I guess, yeah, it's just been sort of stapled in me forever. And I used to always, whenever I got the chance, I would go around to my uncle's and like try and press stuff and touch stuff and like want to know what's going on. And like, I remember he made, he helped me write a, a track when I was about 12 or something like that. And I had, the, and he had this MPC 1000 and he just got it. It was brand new. And I, I think he got it from Japan while he was touring and he brought it back. And I just sat in his living. He goes, "Hey, look at this thing. This makes beats." And like, and, he, and he, we had this little SD card kind of thing that would go inside and plug these um, sounds. Uh, yeah, the, the samples in there. And uh, I went around there anyway. Since she showed me this thing, I put these headphones on. My mum's around there. Everyone's shining in the living room, and I'm just I'm gone for about three hours or something like that. And I just, and, and I'm I'm showing them all these things. And my uncle's like, "How is he? They're okay. You coming up with all these little <laughs> things?" But I, I drummed for eight years as well. Ah, I said eight years. I didn't professionally drum for eight years, and I never had a band to play in. So I, I have rhythm, and I can play the drums, um, but I never really pursued it, and I didn't. Yeah, I didn't have a band, uh, band, so I had no motivation. And then as soon as I found this MPC, this was like my first. I still even think my uncle knows this. Still, I just spoke to him today. I should tell him. Um, it kind of started from that thing, and then and then he would sometimes uh, rent out a big studio place uh, with his band. And I would go there and watch what they were doing and everything. But I never really got too involved in it. And it, and it was when I was about, I just left school. Oh, it was around the time I was leaving school as well. And I started, I got a copy of Reason 3.0. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, Wait, By the way, they just contacted started, me again now that you can use it as an insert. Actually, the first time I ever used Reason was 2.0. And it was on Rihanna's MacBook. And I was in a studio while my uncle and auntie and some other people were recording. And my auntie was kind of like, yeah, take this and deal with that for a bit kind of like have fun with it's this it's brilliant but, it's brilliant when and, you're, it's easy right so it's yeah, like and it's crazy i never thought of that it's crazy how that then obviously lead me towards reason because i'd used it for one day um anyway so and i used to be an mc like i was big on the like not big on i mean i was well ahead, like um into what was going on in the grime scene and there were so many local kids like my age that were all looking for beats and I started making all these grind beats, which sounded awful, but so, you know, most of them anyway. And, and I learned everything myself. I never went to school. I did a course for like maybe like three or four months. And I was like, this isn't for me. And I, you know, I left school in high, from after high school as well. But so everything I know is just through research and 
at lots of hours. Well, brute so, force. I mean, that's so, how I learned. Yeah, and I think most I of my love work is brute force too. Yeah, I've learned in a way that's not the norm. I produce in a way that most people don't. I've of course picked up um, clever tactics from the people that I've been, you know, been um, uh, privileged enough to work with, but. All of the way I make music is is quite a little bit different to most people. You know, I do certain things that are probably very different. Like people are just like, oh, that's. But I think that's because I haven't followed the conventional route by going to school or you know. And I, again, I didn't have a band. I think that would have been really nice having a band. I think band. I think I think there's a theme right here. I think you definitely now that you're home, when when we when we all can start to get back together and see people, and it's not so crazy with the virus and all that. Yeah. you should definitely you should get on some on the drums and do that. Because my whole youth was spending time playing in bands. I'm a guitar player and then a bass player. So I, I went through all of that. I played in hardcore bands, hip-hop bands, nice. punk bands, all of it, metal I'm so bands. I'm jealous, man. I'd love to be in uh, like that. Dude, and I had hair. A wow. mane that you can't imagine. All the way More down to my, my ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was what? huge. If I, I could post it up picture. here right send now, me... I will, but I have crazy long hair. <laughs> you got to send me a picture after this. Yeah, yeah, well, you'll love it. It's I'm, when I'm in a metal band, like a hair metal band with my shirt open and like a blazer. Is, it, like is it curly ball. too? Because you have Jewish descendants, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's totally curly. Cur it's yeah, yeah, it's like really curly. Oh, it's, wow. It's like... Awesome. Yeah, you got to show me that. You got to show me. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a pizza bagel. I'm a Jewish Italian, so I got the Juwapi thing. The, the hair, the good. Okay. I tan up nicely in the summer. You know, oh, I guess nice, nice, nice. I look like I look like a Middle Eastern terrorist. I mean, what, basically, <laughs> as the summer goes on further, I get browner, browner, browner. I went through all this, and then people stop me at the airports. That's what happens. Oh no, no way, no way. Yeah. Um. Well, I think you look beautiful with or without. Well, I just can't say with yet, but I'm sure I can picture it, kind of. Sure nah, I'll about. show you. You know what? I'll I'll pull it up if I can pull it up on my laptop and do two things at once. I like to pay uh, attention. I've I don't got wanna... my. I've got my computer here too, so if you WhatsApp it, I can see it on here while you. All right, let me see if I can find it. It's it, I don't want to do two things at once because this is this is good. So I know going back to oh you said something before now I'm forgetting. Um, it's funny how you you get into this electronic music production though because I was a traditional musician playing in bands for years, and when in the early like early late eighties. When you could start to afford your own production equipment, mm -hmm. I had uh, like a Korg M1 and wow. um, what did I have? I thought it was like, BST. That's all I got. The yeah, BST, BST, right, right, right. I had like all this stuff, but I had a Thanks, four track thing. and I was playing in an industrial band and industrial music became electronic music. Like I was at the Skinny Puppy in front of 242 and Knights of Rev and all that early, uh, you know, like Nine Inch Nails before they were the metal thing. Um, yeah. And that eventually turned into techno and dance music and all that. Uh -huh. um, but I have the traditional music background of playing in bands. So for me, that's still like very prevalent. I still play guitar and all kinds of stuff. As a matter of fact, I play guitar in tons of people's house music because people are awesome. like, well, cause I produce for people, but then they'll just call me and be like, Hey, can you play this guitar thing? I'm like, of yeah, course it's be five minutes. Nice. One instrument I've never, ever really played with long enough to have the motivation to continue I would guess is the guitar. <laughs> oh yeah, guitar. yeah. It's one issue. I wish I would have been able to pick that up a lot earlier. I know if people, it's not too late, but I, I, it is for me. I, I, I'm good with this. I can make all those sounds with this. I know they're nowhere near as good when they're, <coughs> excuse me, played 
on a guitar live. I don't but, know. I'm not a I'm not a purist. I think if it sounds good, it sounds good. And sometimes, yeah, definitely, as a guitar player, I will play a whole bunch of shit and then chop it up and retime it digitally yes. because I want it to sound slightly awkward and not. That's what I'm live. very good at taking audio and manipulating that into something completely different. That's what I yeah. do with my voice. Like most of my records are my own voice. Like even the ones that sound like girls sometimes. Or you know, that, or it sounds that's like also, that's also me by the way. I do I do the voice the vocal yeah. like all those like taglines. I feel for better so doing many it guys. I feel better doing it myself. I mean, to be honest, I haven't really had someone on hand to just go or a studio on hand to go, hey come here and say this. Everything's just been on the road, you know? So the last two years, I've, I've not had a workspace. How do you... Pro I, see, I'm not... Prior to where I am now, before I was a house music DJ, I was a drum and bass DJ for 10 years nice. doing pop and drum and bass. I don't know if you know that. Like, that's my career. I did that's not my know career. that, but I love So I was in a band called Ming and FS, and we, we did this experimental hip-hop and drum and bass, and we toured relentlessly for 10 years, but we never really produced on the road. We came back to the studio, would do our albums, and yeah. then go back out and do all that. Um, and then, like, when I had my run with that, I just, I was always in interested in house music. And as I just didn't feel the energy of drum and bass in around 96, 97, it had gotten too white dude baseball cappy, you know, bro, bro steppy for yeah. me. I got into yeah. it when it had the funk, when it was all the, like, you know, set, like soul and hip hop. Jazzy bits were. in that as well, the early scream stuff. It, you know, all all like all the all the all the moving shadow, all the subplates, all that. Yeah. And I yeah. know that you play some drum and bass in your sets now too. Oh, a hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. I love it, dude. I, I just think I don't do it much, but I do it enough where it's, it creates an impact. I'm happy while I'm doing it, and then I switch kind of back into. I, I love doing that. Just sort of just playing something where people are just like, "Wait, what? What just yeah. happened?" That's why I want. I want your attention. Yeah, I want yeah, you yeah. to listen to what I'm doing. Wait, you really I mean you're I actually DJing? Even... You're actually Sorry? you're not you're actually DJing. You're not just putting on your pre-programmed set that 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 management gives you. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I think you probably tell on my live stream that. <laughs> that's no, 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 no. As well. You know the small little mistakes that you make. Yeah. That, well, I, I make or, or anyone makes. We all, while we you're all make them if you're really playing. I I think if you're doing something sort of um, interesting and making it your own sort of thing, those little mistakes, people get really scared about them, but I, I, I think those little mistakes are what makes it real and not artificial and human. It makes it... Live, you know, they're great. Yeah. So I have a thing, because I've lived both lives pretty heavily. Live, there's the moment that you're in and you're DJing or you're playing live and you make mistakes, but there's an atmosphere in the room and sometimes those mistakes... They don't come across as mistakes. They just come across as effort and energy. No, exactly. When you're, exactly. When you're doing a live stream or like something that can be played over and over and over again, those mistakes become like stomach cramps because you know that yeah. somebody's going to like run over the same speed a million times. The audio from a live stream is so clean. It's too pristine. You can hear anything. Yeah. I mean, but again, I just think it's all part of this being completely live I'm, I'm, I'm interacting with people in like real time and I, I've never really been able to do, I mean, if somebody comes up to me and starts having a conversation while I'm playing, I'm, I'm, I'm not about to chat. I've never had it. I've never been able to sort of do that, I guess. It's, it's, it's really cool. And I've, I've really been enjoying doing the live streams. I'm yeah. really happy with how they've gone so far. I've done, I've done a couple and I've done a bunch of <clears throat> um, 
DJ sets for festi- like online festivals where they want to pre-record it because it's just easier because of the yeah. streaming bullshit. Of course. Um, and I don't know if you noticed this funny setup I have behind me. I hung a bunch of Christmas lights. I, like, literally, it looks, hey, look, look, look. It looks good. You turn them on. Woo! Hey! Nice. I like it. But, but at night, you know, the shit where's your, good. Where's your plumps? <laughs> <laughs> I, need, I need lava lamps. Yeah. I said the same thing. I was like, if I'm going to be stuck I'm in this fucking kidding. room, I want a lava lamp. I said the same thing to someone just the other day. A lava lamp would be great. I want one. Of, they make really big ones. I had the, I had one in college. They're expensive my, though. What to get like a a proper one and a, a big one? They're they're like in the hundreds to yeah. get like a really nice know, one. It, it's a lot for a gag gift for yourself, right? You're like yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like you know, totally worth it though to watch those bubbles slowly just like. <laughs> yes. Look, I, I microdose every morning anyway, so everything's sort of like. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed you're on the vape pen, and I and this is yeah the, nicotine. I can't because you I quit though, but huh? you quit. I remember I remember a post on social media, yeah. and you were like, you made a post about quitting, and I was like, who the fuck still smokes? Honestly, hey. with the two years that I've injured, I, I needed to start <laughs> for a bit. So I've I've eradicated so many unhealthy parts of my life being here and this has done so much good for me mentally being here so 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 much good because be, be, I've literally been on the road the last two years and not had yeah. a place where I can really call home where I can buy things tangible things and keep them there because you know the whole time this last two years I put all my eggs in one basket and thought oh, I'm getting I'm going back to the US you know that's where I want to be that's where everything is you know all my best friends are and like you know um, my girlfriend and everything and um, yeah, where, where are you living in LA? Uh, yeah, so my first place is in West Hollywood, and then I, I moved to um, a nicer place uh, just south of Glendale, um, and I lived there for about four, five, in that last place for about four or five months before everything sort of um, kicked off. Uh, where, I forgot where I was at now. I lost my train of thought. Where, where you were living and how you ended up back here, not having a place. You basically on the you were you were a gypsy for two years. Yeah, and and it just I think my point was getting to what was your original question. I've lost it. Sorry. I asked you where you lived. I don't know. Yeah. Um, we said Leeds. Come on, somebody. Somebody chime in and tell us what we were Pick talking us up. about. Pick us up. <laughs> Sophie, my girlfriend's in too. Hello. Is Sophie <laughs> your girlfriend? Yes. Instagram. Instagram. No. <laughs> <laughs> now I know where to send Hello. my dudes. Aye, give up, give up. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, I guess um, uh, we were talking about, I don't know. You were, talking about, no, no, you, were to- you were talking about finding a place, moving back here, because you would spend the last two years on the road, um, and then... Oh, we're talking I about smoking were- my health. That's it. We're talking about health. Um, I did a lot of good... I was saying that after these last two years, I've just said, oh, I took to smoking. I guess I used that as a silly excuse. There is no excuse, really, other than I'm weak, I guess. But I've eradicated so many other parts in my life that sort of are doing harm to my body, including what I eat now is, is I, I really, I'm so careful about what I eat now. It's, and it's nothing to do with the usual term of dying. When people say dying, they think, oh, losing weight. I'm talking about mentally, um, you know, um, uh, strengthening my mentality and, 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 and feeling fair as well. Um, and so, yeah, the, the smoking thing um, continued while I dropped loads of other things. 
for the first time in years, I'm like, I'm running every other day. I've got, I live like right on a beautiful canal now. So, you know, I run or I cycle on you, it. I mean, or, you look good, dude. You look healthy, you. you look good, you look happy. Thank you. you. It's funny, you're talking about being healthy, though, because I think if you're a musician or a DJ and you have this concept of what the tour life is going to be, it's not. It's very, very, and I've talked about this with a number of other people, it's brutal, brutal on your body. And yeah. it's really not for everybody. You barely And especially, sleep. I think for people like, like myself, I'm going to say that, I'm sure there's so many, but... Just kind of the way I grew up and, and like how, no, I'm not talking about bad things really. I just mean, I guess I don't think I was definitely not prepared whatsoever for what I went headfirst into at all. Not even a bit. Um, luckily, I had a manager by my side who did understand, uh, you know, how things and, you know, kept me in check. And, and, you know, I just was let go in the wild kind of thing. You know, yeah. I've never, never seen the world. And, and suddenly I'm, I'm seeing so much of it. And, and, and you know, even just ways like how to carry myself and, and, and what I should and shouldn't be saying or doing or, you know, and then, of course, you get into, you know, um, alcohol and, and whatever else comes with that. There's, there's just this, I don't know, I think it takes, I think it takes um, a different kind of human being to do this kind of thing, really. I mean, and I'm not saying that people can't do it. I'm just saying, I'm just saying <laughs> mentally it, it Ooh, it does a lot, man. So talking about taking care of yourself, because first of all, when you're on the road, food is terrible when you're out of the ma major cities, especially in America. So I've done like the 50 city tours in America. And basically when you leave the coasts back when I was touring heavily, it's very difficult to eat healthy. The other yeah. part of it that I don't think people understand is when people come to the show, it's like their night out. They're there yeah. to party. They're really you excited. You they spend money uh, on you. You've and got to, yeah, you've got to accommodate. Right. You play a show. Most towns close at 2 o'clock, right? So you, you, you finish your show. You play the headlining set or whatever. And then people want to hang out. They want yeah. you to come out with them. And you're, you kind of want to come out, too, because you're just like city to city to city. So you end up getting bombed. You get stoned. You get drunk, whatever. You're out till 4 or 5 in the morning. And you do that. You rinse and repeat for 35 days in a row. And by the time you get off the road for a minute, you're like a cesspool of a human being and it creeps into your mentality because you're just not feeling you're, you're physically feeling terrible. I know this, these bad chemicals that you're putting in your body. And I'm just saying alcohol alone. Yeah. Really are doing a lot there at the same time. So, so you're adding extra sort of, uh, I guess negative, um, I don't know the word, but I just mean it's just adding extra stress to yourself. No, and, and I'm not going to claim to be because my my biggest problem on the road was probably drinking. I like to do other stuff, too. but Mine I too. but I I can and even now even I I can punish a bottle like I'm not it's not I'm not proud of a that bottle of what anything I can put you bottle of vodka well, a bottle well, of a beer, beer or <laughs> no 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 like hard I'm a hard alcohol drinker that's the problem yeah like that's you know if you if, one but, thing you start I, drinking, I cough. Yeah, you I cut, sorry. You got rid of that. You cut that out of your life. Well, I cut, yes, for a long period of time, for about six months. And then I added gin because gin was my, my thing. And I would I would almost promote it. And I wouldn't do that now. I just think I don't need to promote alcohol at well, any gin, point. Gin goes with the with the, but, the the other things. That's the problem. Which other things? These things. The, oh, the, I don't the know those. Things. I don't know about those. <laughs> anyway. 
Um, I just think hard liquor is dangerous, especially when you drink at the speed that I do. With just like the way I have ADD, I or like OCD, I have so many silly compulsive orders. And, and one is whereby if I'm DJing and there's a beer sat there, that's not sitting there for longer than five minutes without me, or two minutes without me taking a sip. And I'm just knocking him back. And it's not until the end of my set where I'm like, holy shit, I'm really fucking drunk. Yeah. And like, and you know, because well, when you're, DJing, you're so people. focused, yeah. I have to speak to people. I have to, you know, collect myself and go, hey, really nice to meet you. Thank you so much for coming to the show. Do what, you know, and, and I don't know. I want to, I want to mingle with these people. Yeah. But sometimes I'm sure there's been times where I've been so drunk. I, I don't think I've really upset anybody before. <laughs> But I'm sure there's been times where people have looked at me and just been like, who is this guy? What, what, what? He looks, he's absolutely fucked, kind of thing. But I got another. I, I don't think they're judging you. I just think that that's the, I think that's part of the life that's difficult for people. To, I mean, it sounds but glamorous, it, but it's because very addicting. It, I think people need to go into this by really, really considering the alcohol side of it. Because in the beginning, it's, it's easy. It's like, oh, I'm, I've got a show. I'm going to fucking definitely have a drink while I'm having a show. And then you start getting more shows. And when it starts, because, because if you have one, one show a week, you're just having it. It's like a night out. Less than that. But then when you start to tour a little bit more and you affiliate the, 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 the job with that, or, you know, the actual act of DJing while I'm doing it, I affiliate that with drinking and smoking. It becomes a habit because they become, uh, you know, under the same, let me take it even one further. So midway through our career with Ming and FS, we went See, from... Someone, we got, someone here's like, how can you say no? <laughs> I know. Sorry, you, you can barely, well, here's the thing about not saying no. You can say no, but it's... You, you really, it's part of the job. And that's the hard part is like, you yeah. know, if the promoter's like wants to hang out with you or somebody like important wants to hang out with you and they're drinking, you're not, you don't want to not drink because it puts a barrier between you and that. And, and also you're tired. It helps you move forward. But look, yeah. I went from flying on airplanes all the time. We, we did a tour where we, we took an RV because we were tired of dealing with all the airplanes. And part of our rider, which people don't understand, is that what you have a rider for is not always for like there's things on your rider like food and alcohol and stuff. But the yeah. rider is usually for your friends and people to come backstage and you provide them with free stuff so that yeah. they can party with you. It's not necessarily that you need to... Looking out for your alcohol. friends. Another part of that for me, a very, very... This is what I tell people. Now, my, if you execute my full rider... To, to the T, and I know that when I've landed in whichever city I'm playing in, I am like, thank you. I'm gonna fuck shit up tonight. I'm uh, thank I you. I feel man. that way I, too. I feel looked after. Dude, a lot of it is that too. We used to but, put a blow up sheep on the rider to make sure that somebody would call us to say, "Do you really need the blow up sheep what, tonight?" I, don't mind I was that. like, if you if you call me and say, "Do you need the blow up sheep?" Thank it's you. On tonight, professionals on call tonight. you. Because what I'll do is whenever I take off anywhere, I'll, you know, um, the morning of whatever show it is, I'll always check in. I'll check my itinerary. I'll check in with the person like, hey, you just checking in. I'm really excited for the show, blah, blah. Um, and usually my team will make sure, double make sure the ride is right. But yes, often I will get a call or a text just saying, hey, just making sure you need these in the rider. And often I'm just like, no, uh, actually, you could just leave it. To, and they're like, ah, nice. Cause we let, have me this let me tell you two stories on that. One of them, is, is, a, is a nice one. We were touring with this band called Dialect and mm -hmm. we noticed that they would be, we were the headlining act and they opened and there was another opening act. We noticed that they'd be skulking around backstage sort of slowly like t eat, eating food, but really being shy about it. 
Yeah. And I went to one of the guys and I was like, why are you guys being funny about eating the food that's back here? Like, it was all shit that was on our rider. And because yeah. um, not only do we get rider, we got per diem so we could get our meals and all that other stuff. Yeah. And they were like, we're basically touring with you guys on a shoestring. We're staying in people's houses as we're touring. And we're not even staying in hotels. We're literally living out of the van and we barely have any money. This is like a, you know, like a, it was a, it was a Rody. big tour for them. Really? And I, once I heard that, I was like, dude, just tell me what you guys want to eat every night and I'll make sure I put it on our rider and you just eat off our rider because the yeah. rider is just there for fans. And that I realized that that wasn't the only band that that happened with. There would be a lot of bands that were like living off of other people's riders yep. per se. And that became a very personal thing for me where, where I was like, OK, now I really understand that yeah. I'm in a be much better position than this band is. And I'm going to make sure the second one was. On the riders, I would always put a couple of top shelf bottles of alcohol. And yeah. my, my partner at the time, Fred, would make fun of me because every show I would take one of those bottles that were on the rider and I'd put it on a case on the bus. And I'd have like a, like a case bottle thing and I'd put a bottle in every night. And I'd put it there just being like, because what would happen is, is we wouldn't go through that many bottles of alcohol backstage every night. And then there'd be a top shelf bottle of alcohol just sitting there. Yeah, And I realized that was like, not to sound cheap, but that was like $50 to $100 every single show. I started yeah. doing the math to myself and I was like, I'm going to keep one of these bottles because by the time I get off the road, 35 days later, that's yeah. like, if that's $27. And then with the whole enough, band as well, not everybody is, you know, making a massive amount of money, even a whole band, you know, with lots of like stuff to move and like, yeah, so there's that too as well, 100%. I but, think, then I, uh, but then I would come home, this is terrible. I'd come home after being on the road with this huge this case of alcohol. And I would think to myself, I can't wait to see all of my friends, but all my friends would be working during the day. And not, not that slowly, but that not case of alcohol would disappear within a month. And I'd be like, how did I burn through a case of alcohol by myself, drinking during yeah. the day, doing whatever, because that tour life would come home with me. And like, I didn't know how to stop. And also, I think when you go from a lot of excitement and, you know, people enjoying your company and like... Yeah, um, it's very lonely. You come home to just sort of like often... I mean, I'm I'm honestly really enjoying being by myself at the moment. It's been <laughs> You've been on the road for two years, though. So you're really yeah, getting it back. Yeah, I guess. I guess. Uh, another... Forgot where I was up there. Another really important thing, I think, is routine. Yeah. That I haven't had in a long time. And finally being able to have that, like I get up in the morning, I know where I'm at, I know what I'm doing, I know what I need to and what I need to do, I know where I need to go, I know what time I'm this I mean, sure, I have a diary while I'm on the road, but I mean nothing stays to plan ever. It never does. And and also you can't you know, I just think routine is extremely important. I fully neglected that and I just did I just did everything as and when it came. And um I think that's an extremely important um part of, of being a touring artist. Well, well, now, now that we had this conversation, something you said earlier, and I'm going to, as a friend, I'm going to follow up with you on this <clears throat> is finance because I have been very good with my finances from my career. I've been a musician for 25 years. I've had a very good career, but I've been very particular about the finances yeah. and it sounds silly because it's not really part of the life, but it was always in, in my group. Initially, I, it was my job to make, take care of all of that before you have people that can help you with those things. So, and I know other guys like yourself who've been very, very successful, but the spending is just, you know, you got to get that shit in check. And I'm going to follow up with you on that off this thing and be <laughs> like, listen, this is, you got to do this because you, you never know when 
the trend goes the other direction. Yeah. You know, and for me, yeah. like, I, did, I did 10 years of the Ming NFS. And then for two or three years, I was just walking dogs and trying to figure out yeah. what I want to do with my life. And I got back into this house music thing and started doing, you know, and, and building myself back up again. But if I didn't have that cushion, if I didn't have yeah. that wherewithal to figure out how to do, you know, like get the money in the right place, it would have been crushing for me. Crushing. Please do follow up. Cause I will. Absolutely. Living like this in limbo for so long has burned so much money that I didn't need to burn. If you have your own home, you're cooking at home. Yeah. 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 You know, you don't, you don't need to really, you don't need to spend anywhere near as much money other than just your rent and this, your stuff here, especially with what's you know going on right now with, you know, everybody sort of being um, locked down. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I, I, I burned so much just sending items of mine across the country and, and, and uh, putting down ridiculous deposits for, these, uh, for this six-month lease that I don't really want, but I yeah, have to yeah, take, yeah, yeah. really. And, and also even just, you know, living somewhere you don't really... I mean, for example, Toronto. I love Toronto, but, I, you know, it wasn't... Um, the place where I lived wasn't for me. And I, you know, I, I couldn't, the main part for me is buying things, tangible things that I needed that I couldn't because I knew that I just needed to send someone else again. Yeah. So I was just waiting until I'm, I, I knew I was either going uh, back to LA or I was coming here. And, I, and I'm just waiting this whole time before I can, you know, um, get some of the things that I need. A lot of my stuff's still in LA right now. Um, let's let's talk about Billy 2.0. Cause that's kind of where we're heading with this whole thing is like you, it's been a whirlwind basically for you for, you know, four or five years. Like so the last two years have definitely been blistering. You spent some really good time in Australia. I saw that that's a place that you love. Yeah. How many I, I actually love, I love Sydney. I love Melbourne. I'd love to, I'd like to live in Melbourne if it wasn't so goddamn far away. It's too far <laughs> from anywhere for me. I think like, you said too hot. As I said, I love the heat. No, no, no. The heat I love. It's too yeah. far away. Like culturally, yeah. it's really cool. It's got the vibes of LA and New York and all that. I think I'd have probably moved to Australia a while ago if it wasn't so far away. It's a that's, brilliant place, but it really is isolating. It, yeah. I kind of like the isolation, but I just know it wouldn't do good for me and what I need to do. Um, also, I love the weather, the people there. I just feel like I, I just... I don't know. I just feel like I love Australians, man. I think they're awesome. And I, I just, I feel like we're obviously not all, I can't speak for all Australians, but the Australians that I come across in my line of work are all just beautiful people. Well, to be, everyone is, but I just, I feel like I, I, I connect well with Australians I, because I of how you. silly I am. And they're great with their sense of humor, you know, and they just take yeah. the piss out of everything. Well, that, and that's, that's why I like to I am. keep up with my humor. They can keep up with my, like, my and I quick feel myself Everybody there. has a quick tongue there. Yeah. It's my girlfriend saying, fuck, I can't. Fuck, I can't. Absolutely yeah. love it. My wife, my wife went, yeah, he's, she's doing, uh, what's his name? <laughs> Fisher. Um, <laughs> my, my wife went to college in, 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 in Australia, in Sydney, and, um, you know, we have tons of, of friends from Australia. We've, I've been over there a couple of times. Um, I have a crazy production story, which we go talk about it offline. Cause this is more about you, but from being in Australia and swapping apartments with somebody that I didn't know, and I ended up swapping apartments with Toby Martin from youth group. And I didn't even know who he was. And then rings a bell. Yeah. You, he was in that band youth group. They did. They had a hit by doing like a cover of somebody's other's tune. And then I ended up doing an album with him. 
Oh, wow. Because we swapped apartments. He stayed in New York. I stayed at his place in Sydney and then his mom's place in Melbourne. And we didn't know each other. So After did you do that, the album? Did you do it like over the internet? No, we, we, when I stayed at his place, I was like, this guy had really interesting records. And I was like, who? He must be a musician. So when the whole thing was done, I was in Australia for a month and he was in New York staying at our place for a month. When, at the end of it, I basically was like, dude, are you a musician? Because I'm a record producer. And he's like, yeah, I'm in this band youth group. And we ended up doing this. He came wow. back to New York and we did an album together. And then he, we, we like did stuff over. It's the craziest connection. You know what I mean? Music nice. is so brilliant. Like, that. Yeah. Yeah. It's the universal language, man. Yeah. Talk about um, this ain't Bristol. I don't know the history so, of the label. I know it because I've saw, seen your attachment, and now you tell me, you know, it's now. Yeah, so yeah. give me all that. I'm interested. So we uh, we stopped our 50th release uh, uh, in September last year, um, and we plan to relaunch everything this summer. Um, I saw well, we made an executive decision to um, postpone until 2021. For many different reasons. Also, I'm not ready. You know, moving here, everything, there's just a lot going on. I'd rather give it my full attention. And also, I'd rather have a tour schedule up when I announce that. Um, but there's a lot of things in place ready to go. It's going to have a much mature, more mature sound, in, um, sound direction. Um, slightly different branding, um, which we're still working on. Um, I do, I'm really excited to kind of take the reins on this a bit more now. Because... Um, the last 18 months of, of um, this in Bristol, I wasn't involved too much, and I wasn't involved in the a and ring really. Um, and, you know, we had slightly different ideas about where we would take it. Um, and there's, um, you know, there's people um, slightly uh, less um, uh, co-owners now of the record label, um, which is, a, 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 you know, a positive mutual decision between everyone. Everyone is happy. We're all still uh, besties. Mates, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm just really, really excited to kind of take this where I see it going. And um, just at the moment, I, I, all I'm going to say is that it's a mature sound. I'm really, really, really excited about it. It's going gonna, it's gonna to showcase sort of where I want to take my things as well. Um, I think, yeah. I loved all of the old releases, and of course, it was a huge part of it. Well, it's very diverse, though, cause so, so that's why I'm interested, because... You know, as I dug into the label a little bit, I was like, wow, there's some really great vocal stuff here. I don't necessarily think of you in the vocal realm. Like, that's not, you know, you're more like tracky, interesting. Yeah. And, and, out chops, but, and chops and spoken word. Um, but but do, do you still vocals. like all that stuff? I mean, do you like vocal records? I that? definitely do. I just feel like it's really, really hard to find a vocal that resonates with me. And, and or to write, I guess, I've only just started delving into writing. Um, writing for other people, as in like writing lyrics, not writing just the music. You um, need to do a record with your aunt. Yeah, I know, I know. Coming. Um, so, with both of them, to be honest. <laughs> oh, yeah? She, you're... Yeah, my other auntie's a great singer. Um, um, they both are, man. They're, they're brilliant. Um, I think, I uh, think you should do one with Roshan, too, because I just there's no reason why you shouldn't do that. Roshan? Yeah, Roshan Murphy. Oh, of course. <laughs> no, but I'm saying yeah. you really should. Like, this almost doesn't make any sense like, if you don't. I'd love to. I'll be brilliant. I'll be brilliant. You know? Well, I guess I'll, I'll have a chat with uh, Rihanna after this. If show. I make that happen for you by chatting with your aunt, that's going to be retarded. I'm going to tell you that right now. That I that have to do that be. for you. <laughs> that will be. I'll, I'll, I'll credit you. I promise. <laughs> hey, Nick, Nick. 
You know that nephew you have? So <laughs> yeah, what we love. <laughs> it's funny. It. It's funny with all your accents. I watched. Um, I watched. Uh, uh, Snatch last night, and I, you know, it's such a classic. Oh, dude, you know, what, all, all those oh, Guy Ritchie movies, you know, he, Snatch and. You're only Snatch. supposed to take the bloody doors off when he's like, when something in the, in the, he's in the car, he's like, it was at a funny angle. <laughs> For a run, you can fit a fucking jumbo jet in there. What do you mean a funny angle? Oh man, such a good movie. The best line is when it's the guy with the with the the glasses, and he's like, "I'm sweet enough already." I mean, sweet enough already, love. Yeah, is is he Boris the fucking blade? Is that something like that? No, Boris the blade is a bigger one. Who's that really naughty bugger who feeds everyone to the pigs? That's the guy with the fuck. No, that's um. Yeah, the guy with the glasses. But he's well, not, that's, but, but is that Blade is the guy with the with with a, with a big mustache and the blade here. There's now, the guy that two. If th- you starve these for just a few days and you chop up their parts as small <laughs> as you like, they'll eat pretty much anything. Bones yeah. like butter. Look at this one. Bones <laughs> like butter. That's another one of my favorites. Brick top. Yeah. So people Brick top. have flat top. No, that's not. <laughs> Vinnie Jones as well. Vinnie Jones is in it. What a good Fucking movie. Goldie's in it. Yes! Oh, why did I not even call that? We've just been talking about drum and bass. How did I not call that? Were you a big, were you a Massive Attack fan? Are you a Massive Attack fan? Sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was definitely a Massive Attack fan. I mean, that was the same, that was the same period that my band was big. So that was Prodigy? like... Prodigy? Of course. Asian, and you know what I love the Prodigy. about the East Coast, I think, has a stronger connection to the UK with it being closer, obviously. Yes. I feel like Northeast Coast. Do you say Northeast Coast, right? Yeah, Northeast. Yeah, okay. Um, um, I'm just making sure I say it right for all those people from Northeast Coast. Yeah, can't. Um, uh, I feel like they have a much stronger connection to a lot of these British break kind of really breakthrough um, bands and and um, and producers from around like the. I mean, for years, but I just mean I feel like the East Coast has a really a strong knowledge of of the UK's history and underground sort of music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you guys know who, like, Massive Attack are. But I know that I... But well, like, the world the does, West but Coast I think... I, I, else, no, no, I know no, no, you no. know. I do, think, I do think that we have... Um, the UK and dance music, what we always, as an American, as a Northeastern, a New Yorker, always wished what we had was the 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 club culture that the uk had it was much more developed than what we had in this country and yeah. so we had to make our own club culture our rave scene was modeled after the uk rave scene all of that thing was based on a uk understanding and new york was the hub of that so but new york was able to do that because we yeah. had random warehouses and spaces and places we would do yeah. all these things Famous and we one. also had there was enough British people coming back and forth that we could, you know, and we also knew the break culture, the, the soul culture, the reggae yeah. culture. We, we understood that. And the first time I went to the UK, I really understood drum and bass from the, the makeup of the, of the way that the, the ethnicities mixed and the different um, sources of musical influx into the UK, into London, from reggae to... I mean, music that, to me, was underground was seemed mainstream when I was there. I was like, wait, there's reggae on the radio. There's, there's, there's all these things on the... And I was like, I love... It was my home. But, yeah. but London was small for me in that sense. The thing that I didn't like about London... Did or didn't? Did not like. 
I don't I, I don't come from the culture. This is a British thing. Yeah. People love to build you up to knock you down. Uh-huh. It's the like it's that tabloid culture of like they want to see you succeed so they could take the piss at you and like beat you the fuck down so you can rise back up. Now Americans love a comeback. But that that didn't work for me because I'd be like it'd be hard for it was such such a struggle to get up there. Like Craig David. Remember poor Craig David? Yeah, we, man. Poor yeah, Craig David. He, made, he did make a comeback. He did really No, well he made a brilliant comeback, but he got knocked down because he couldn't yeah. get past oh, he got the really knocked down. The whole Bo Selector thing, do you know about Bo that? Bo Selector, yeah. Do you know that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, poor guy. And the, he had no choice whatsoever in that. He that's had nothing wrong. Like, that, that's, that's, that, that was very painful for me to watch as an artist, to be like, here's yeah. a guy that I really think is working his ass off, and he's very talented, and he just got full shit on. The All About the Stragglers, Artful Dodger yes. album. All I love about that the Stragglers. One of my, no, All About the Stragglers, the whole album, though. The whole album was... Probably one of my first big, like, I'd call it underground. It was Garage, man. It was Speed Garage. My yeah. first real introduction commercially into that kind of uh, realm. Really and then the basement jacks followed soon afterwards. Uh, that's kind of how I got to Speed Garage. Thing, and that's what really got me onto the four to the floor stuff. People like Armin um, Van Helden and, and um, um, uh, oh, God. Oh, my God. Let me give you a list. Give you a no, no, no. I'm back. Hello, hello, hello. I'm here. I'm oh, here. oh, I just turned the Wi-Fi off my other devices. I don't know what happened there. <laughs> um, yes, Speed Garage. Um, huge on all of that. And Artful Dodger, sorry, that's where we're at. Um, uh, Artful Dodger. And was, I, was into, I was into two-step in Speed Garage. Big, I, that was from drum and bass into two-step and all that. I was big into that sound, that underground, like, you know, 132, break, you know, broken New Jack swing sound. Yeah, that was yeah. a big thing for me. And that was mm-hmm. like, you know, that's where you, as a drum and bass DJ, you were allowed to go into that. You weren't allowed to play house. You yeah. could play two-step garage and you could play speed garage, which is kind of funny. I want that, to do something with you before because we're running out of time. They only yeah. let you stay on this for an hour, and it's something I do with everybody. I ask you a bunch of silly questions. I don't want you to think too much, and I'm not judging you. Just answer the fucking questions. All right? You're kind of- I will just, uh, we'll maybe say no. <laughs> Why are you going? All right. Faith or science? Science. All day. Rave or festival? Depends on your interpretation of a rave. Ocean, lake, or desert? Desert. I'm scared of the ocean. I love it. I'm fascinated by it, but I'm scared of it. Music or money? Music. I should cut. I should stop asking that question because I never want to hear anyone say money. Yeah. It's, I know. It's. I know. No one, will ever say money. One. no one. No one will ever say money. Acid or mushrooms? Mushrooms, because they're natural. <laughs> Big room or small room? House? Oh, you mean... <laughs> As in... Oh, okay, I see what you're saying. Like a club. Oh, small room all day. All day, man. Um, what's if I can't fist bump someone from the front row, it's not intimate enough. What's your superpower? My superpower... I'd love to think of something really witty right now, 
but I can't, so I'm going to go with answering questions. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, okay, uh, all right, if you're going to come like my, uh, Accents, go. Uh, there you go. That is a superpower. How would you incorrectly describe your job? Being a loose cunt. What animal should survive if only one can survive? Anything but humans. <laughs> it's true. Um, cat or dog? Dog. If not music, then what? You kind of answer this, but... Voice acting. Yeah. Um, favorite meal? Uh, paella. Um, hunter or gatherer? Gatherer. What's the last gift you gave someone? Ooh. I just bought my mom a pack of cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Do you have a, is, so you, I'm, I'm going to skip this one because you're not... You're not um, uh, oh, do you have a favorite metal band? Maybe Khan. Okay. And, 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 my favorite, and my favorite question of all time... What genre are the talking heads? Electronic. Okay. okay. <laughs> I'm not getting into that. I don't know. It's a good thing when you can't, you can't pinpoint things like that. I know, exactly. Well, look, Billy, this has been amazing. Um, I will hopefully... Lovely chat, man. 